0: It's the
1: next level. Hmm? Ah. Oh. Your plan killed seven of my people. But the ones that you failed to kill are now holding your friends.
0: Jin, Saeed, Bernard. At gunpoint.
1: Just don't give him any... No! No! Leave him alone! I said shut up!
2: And what's to stop me? from snapping your neck.
0: Come, unless you hear my voice, in one minute, shoot all three of them. Got it. Bring me the phone, Jack. 40 seconds. No. I'm getting them all off the island. All of them. Let me ask you something, Jack. Why do you want to leave the island? What is it that you so desperately want to get back to? You have no one? Your father's dead, your wife left you, moved on with another man. Can you just not wait to get back to the hospital? Get back to fixing things. It's 20 seconds now. Just get me the phone, Jack. No. Ten seconds. Bring me the phone. No. I'm not bluffing. I won't Five, do it! Four, three. No. Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost, Revisited, as we have reached the conclusion of Season 3 of the series. I am one of your hosts, Ben.
1: And I'm Kristen. This week, we finish our discussion of Season 3 with Episodes 22 and 23, the season finale, Through the Looking Glass, Parts 1 and 2. This is like deja vu. I know. I feel like
0: we've done this before. It's
1: the re-return. <laughs>
0: Why don't, why don't you introduce our guests and then we'll tell the little story of uh, why this feels like deja vu. We
1: have a guest for the second time, but for the first time for your ears. Yes. Steve Brown has joined us today. One of my favorite people to podcast with and host of Panels to Pixels. Any other ones, Steve? That's it for now. Okay. So panels to Pixels. This is Mr. Steve Brown. Take it away, Steve.
2: Hi everybody. Uh, it is a it is a pleasure to be here. I am so uh, so happy to finally be uh, on a podcast with with both of you um, again for the first time. Yeah, but, so uh, it's uh, no, it's like we decided resonated. to
1: repeat freshman year.
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it, it's it's I love it. You guys are are a couple of my favorite people and uh, I I'm, I'm it's just a pleasure to be podcasting with you today.
0: So the, the deja vu element, um, we did this already a couple of weeks ago and our recording, well, my recording equipment, let's not put the blame on anybody else. It Please. was on my computer. <laughs> um, the recording element uh, took a shit and we ended up losing about 20 minutes of the podcast, which, um, you know, when you're talking about a, se- a season finale, you, you don't want to cut anything out. So I couldn't recover the 20 minutes. So we, we scrapped it. And then took a little bit of a break in between, uh, which I'm kind of glad we did, because now we're going to we're going to jump back into the season finale. We're going to re-record this breakdown. And I don't remember any major points that we made from the last one. So now I'm going into this fresh.
1: Uh, I expended all of my mental energy on this and then I watched ahead. So I (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really sure I'm going to be all over the place.
0: Well, what was even funnier is I texted you at one point when I told you, like, we need to record this again. And you, you were busy with work at the time on the day that we were going to do it. And you, you reached back and you said, you know, like, well, why don't you and Steve do it and do it yeah. without me? And I'm like, well, I don't really want to do a season finale without you. Um, and then you never answered me. I was like, "Do you really want me to do this without you? I don't want to." And you never answered. And it was got to that point where I was like, "Kristen, I know you don't want to do this, but
1: <laughs> we have to go back." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I no, I of course I wanted to do it. I just I look, I have a very um a very complicated job right now and I'm a guardian ad litem which is a court advocate with I have a um an extra case because of COVID-19 and um and then I also am gearing up to start school on Monday with the kids. So everything is just a little crazy on my end right now.
0: Yeah. And I just wanted an excuse to play that clip.
1: That's fine. That, that was That's way. fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> happy, happy to be here. I think that this episode should be called The One Where Charlie Didn't Have to Die. I agree completely. Would that That's... be a
0: spoiler, though, in the... <laughs> Well, it it wouldn't be a spoiler if you called the episode the one where Charlie doesn't have to die and then he doesn't die at the end. It's technically (laughs) not a spoiler, right? But
1: we're discussing this episode where he dies, where he doesn't have to die. It is
0: a spoiler-full podcast, so. But I think think what what Steve meant was if you had called the episode the one where Charlie doesn't have to die, and as a first-time viewer, as you saw that was the name of the episode, you would assume Charlie dies. Yeah. But then if you made it so that he
1: doesn't die... It's not a spoiler. Yeah, but it isn't it like Desmond said. You gotta die, Charlie. <laughs> I, I love I love how we're
0: discussing semantics of a possible <laughs> episode title. I, episode title. I, I like
2: I like that we're into this because one of the things that that I'm enjoying about this this slow kind of rewatch is there's so many things that and I've only watched the show, and maybe three or four times in total, um, and these later seasons. You know, as we get closer to the, to the last seasons, I've seen them fewer and fewer times, but I never, until you guys said it on the podcast, I think it was last episode, was the first time you said he didn't have to die. It never even occurred to me that, well, yeah, he could have just taken a step outside the door and and shut it. Like, he didn't, right? he didn't have to shut it from the inside. What was the point of that? And I'm didn't kind of, he I'm already kind of have the
1: information this. about Not Penny's Boat?
2: I, I think so, yeah, because the, the water was coming in, right, and he was trying to write frantically on his hand. Oh, so, she-
1: so I'm sorry. So I was on the trivia page and listened to this. It says, uh, hang on, where is it? Because I was like, oh, my gosh, I hate this so much. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 Charlie's death, while dramatically powerful, was neither logically necessary nor, in fact, Physically possible, as shown. Charlie would not have actually drowned as in order for water to flow into an airtight room, air must flow out. The water would only rise to the top of the broken porthole. Even had Charlie not closed the door when the porthole blew, the station would have flooded only to the level of the top of the porthole because the station itself was airtight.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense because that's how you have moon pools inside of an underground I mean inside of an underwater place. I mean that's why there is there's an opening in the bottom but the water never comes up mm-hmm. into it because it only oh, comes up to that level. Oh, to where the air to where the yeah. air starts. Huh. So yeah, so you're I never even put two and two together with that. You're right, the water would have never gone above the top of the porthole window. Whether the door was open or shut. That's wow, that's uh that kind of made me really that disappointed. Would have been
2: funny, like, like, if they had ended it that way, he shuts the door, he's frantically writing on his hand, he's not in his boat, and then suddenly the water just stops at his waist. <laughs> just, it's like,
1: oh,
0: I'm okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he just opens the door, he's like, all right, mate, let's go.
0: <laughs> I think we overreacted a minute, let's go. <laughs> Well, that was highly unnecessary. I'm a musician. I'm not a scientist. I don't know about this. (laughs) Very dramatic, (laughs) sir. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad glad we're jumping right into the the unnecessary Charlie death. Um, Because, I mean, that's exactly what it was. It was unnecessary. It's even putting science aside and that room would have filled up. I mean, yes, you're absolutely – we've said this before. And I think the writers do a good job of not making you – of causing you to not second-guess Charlie's death. But you're right. When you rewatch the episode, whether it's once or twice or whatever, and you realize he had plenty of time to get on the opposite side of that door and close the door. Yeah, yeah. There was no... Other than maybe Charlie's mental state of the belief he had to die in order for events to happen. Stupid Desmond. That's the only reason... (laughs) why he would have made that sacrifice
1: yeah but like okay so this is something another thing that we talked about last last fake recording was that um you know the vision for that desmond had was claire getting on the plane but we all know helicopter but we all know that claire never makes it to the helicopter but aaron does right so so by him dying, does that mean that it actually changed the vision
0: or does it mean that Charlie, or does it mean that Desmond's visions were never like completely accurate they, or they could
2: change or is Desmond so masterful of a manipulator that he knew that that Charlie would only sacrifice himself if it was to get Claire off the island, and even though he saw um What's her name? Penny the hair. Penny. No, the other, the girl who takes Aaron
1: with the um. hair. Kate.
2: Kate. Thank you. The uh, one in, with the hair? <laughs> she does. She's got that hair. It's like, one <laughs> week it's curly and one week it's straight. And in
0: flashbacks, it's. And anyway, what, what's um, her name? The one that was in that Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> robot movie with Hugh Jackman. What's her? Kate, but, that's you know, right. What if
2: he's, he's so masterful and manipulator, He knew that Charlie had to die in order for, he thought, for himself to be reunited with Penny. And so he had to tell him that it was Claire who got on the helicopter, even though maybe he actually saw Kate. Because we never actually saw that part of his vision.
0: That's true. I mean, so, there, there might be something behind that. And the fact that we never, all the other times that Desmond has had a vision, we, set, we as an audience get to see glimpses of that. Interesting. But this time, this is the one time Desmond claims he had a vision and we never saw any of it. And also, all of
2: his visions always were the vision of Charlie dying,
1: mm-hmm. not
2: anything else. So why would his vision suddenly change to where he sees them getting off the island?
1: So you so you're saying that maybe he saw something that got him closer to Penny, and he knew like, what had to happen. Instead. Like maybe,
2: like maybe in his vision, he saw Charlie drowning, and he could see yeah. through the porthole Penny's face on the monitor. That's dark. And, um, yeah, it it puts a different spin on Desmond's.
0: Yeah, definitely puts a, a definitely makes him a little bit more of a darker even kind of evil character
1: and i see it but that that that's the whole thing is that desmond is not evil right he's not he's not a bad guy he's just desperate to see penny and maybe desperation makes people do crazy things i mean it does but i don't know i mean
2: it would be interesting if you ever get henry Ian cusick on the uh gosh uh, what a get that would on be on the podcast uh, to see if he remembers 20 some years ago uh, what that was like. he'd probably go Holy i don't even crap. remember that character brother you know <laughs> <laughs> oh if you could get him on the podcast and get him to call you brother that would be that would be a sound bite, you
0: know i'll end the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I, we don't need to do any more <laughs> If we, if we can, if we can get, if we can get, that's a goal. I mean, if, if we can get Desmond, Henry Ian Cusick to, to call one of us brother and then have uh, Josh Holloway make up nicknames for us, um, oh we're done. We, we don't have to do any more. Yep. That's, that's it. We, Kristen and I will be personally satisfied. Yep. Um, who cares what the audience thinks we're done.
1: We'll be like, I think, that we've, uh, I think that we've done everything that we're going to do here. This this has been more more gratifying
0: than recording about the show. Thank you for this. Uh, we're done. <laughs> Take and it and now we're going to do, we have to go back, Dexter revisited. No, one no we're not revisiting Dexter.
1: <laughs> no, no, just through the barrel girls, and then we're done.
0: <laughs> I would want to go through season four. We're getting off topic. Okay, okay. sorry. <laughs> <sir>. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I, and I kind of like the fact that we covered the Charlie Death stuff first. Because, I mean... Like, we get a lot of Charlie in this episode because it is his final bow in a, in a sense. Uh, you know, we get the interrogation that he's going through with the girls in the in, in the hatch. And, you know, there's that moment in... Because I did rewatch this again last night before we recorded this the second time. And, you know, there was stuff that I, even I noticed again this time that I didn't really pick up on last time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I love about rewatching this show is that there is a moment in that interrogation. It's something that I should have picked up on before, but never did. When he looks into that communications room and he sees that light blinking, the yellow light that Desmond told him he's going to see and is going to turn off. I think that right there is the moment that Charlie realizes my death is imminent. Like here, here's, hmm, this yeah. is really coming to fruition. This is the light that Desmond mentioned. It's blinking like Desmond said. I'm going to turn that off. I don't care what it takes, even if it's my own life. Like Mm -hmm. at this point, when he sees that light, he's committed. Yeah. Well, I I, just, I love, I love that when, when he's
2: in that interrogation and when he tells her the station's going to, going to fill with water and she says, well, what about you? And he just has that simple two word, I die. And, you know, it's just chilling to hear him admit it and to realize he's the steeliness in his gaze and just the way he delivered that line i'm i'm very it always impresses me the way actors deliver lines sometimes like whether it's a long monologue or just that short two-word thing and it just impresses me
1: yeah and it's interesting because when when you talk about that um that's it's it's kind of a realization for the two women too that are that are sitting there interrogating him, going, "Oh, okay, so we do... threatening <laughs> him with death isn't going to work."
0: No, <laughs> got it's, it. it. It's interesting that you bring up the steeliness too, because it's it's a confidence in Charlie. I mean, at that point, he's committed, and as I mentioned before, and it's it's to the point now where Charlie feels like, "Okay, this is going to play out whatever way it plays out. I'm meant to die here, whether it's turning off this light or these women killing me." I, whatever happens here is the way it's supposed to happen. You know, so he, like, he's got it in his mind that if these will, if these women kill me, that's what's supposed to happen. You know? He, yeah. He, so it's, uh, you're right. I mean, that's stealing and And man, Dominic Monaghan is such a fantastic actor. Every way he's played, he, that he's portrayed Charlie, whether it's that confidence and stealiness in that moment or somebody who is, had issues with drug addiction he's played it brilliantly all the way through up until this point
1: he's also really good as a hobbit
0: <laughs> that too <laughs> he's as great as a person let's be real um while we're on i mean is there anything else about like the whole charlie element and and such that we kind of want to dive into before moving uh, on to, to something I'm else
2: looking Oh, yeah, we did talk about and I think I think we we successfully answered the question of how did he how did he know what tones each key would make to to do good vibrations that and I think you're right, Kristen, I think you said last time that that he had the first like several numbers. And so he probably started typing in those numbers that he did remember and realized,
0: oh, this is good vibrations and then. Could figure out from there what what buttons to push to right we did come up with an interesting theory last time too though that kristen came up with that i thought would have been brilliant had they actually done it if you want to reiterate that oh do you remember kristen i remember you don't remember at it all.
1: It's, I told you I, it's it, gone.
0: what they would have done with Charlie's character. Had he survived? Oh,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had he survived that he would have been on the island spinning thing and he would have gone back in time. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that would have put good vibrations mm-hmm. into the Hydra station. Yeah. yeah, I did say that because yeah. I'm yeah. a genius. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that If had Charlie survived, that would have been something really clever. They could have done with his character is that he would have been the one to program those numbers, that code into it because he's a musician. Yeah, that so it would to have been be amazing. One, so to be the one to program it and to be the one to turn it off mm-hmm. before he ever programmed it would have been another one of those mind yeah. things. With time travel. Yeah, yeah. It would um, have,
1: it would have been such a good, it would have been such a cool thing to do too. Like, even if like we would have not seen him drown, we would have just seen the thing filling up with water right and then everybody thinks he's dead and then what if he like reappeared because the island spun and like he appeared somewhere else or something because then he could say well you know the porthole was airtight and blah 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 and i lived and that would be scientifically sound yeah well i mean because
0: if the if the the island spun and he was in that spot and it spun before that hatch was ever built or he, it's, it's fun to a point where there was no water in that hatch and he just appeared in that room mm-hmm. with no water in it, able to get out. Yeah. Either way, he lives. Mm-hmm. Charlie could have reappeared and just been somewhere else.
1: That would have been so
0: cool. They could have brought him back to life even. Just, you know, kind of resurrected him. Because remember, we talked about the fact that his body is still down there. Yeah, but I think there's so. a good amount of time between that moment and the time the island starts hopping. Is okay. there? <laughs> Um, I, I, I
2: I think there is. I, I was just talking to Mark about this last night because we we got we got onto the topic of Lost and the the first season covers forty five days right or something uh, around something that like time that. yeah, yeah. Uh, because the second because there's an episode in the second season right where they do the other forty five days and go to the other side of the island yes right? so the second season covers what like two weeks like a very short amount of time
0: do you guys remember I don't. The, the well, I mean, even the even the fourth season, I think you're right. I think each season, the time that they spend telling the story gets drastically shorter and shorter. Because mm-hmm. you're right, the first season was about 45 days. The second season wasn't nearly as long. Be- yeah, because I don't... Isn't it when they get rescued, Isn't don't they
2: reveal that they were missing less than
0: 90 days or something like that? Or maybe it was um, longer. I don't remember. That I don't remember, but I do remember... The time they, of telling the story in the fourth season, because the fourth season is a shortened season. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but we learned how long, how pregnant Son is this season. And she got pregnant on the island.
0: Right. But she doesn't give birth on the island.
1: No, but she got, but what I'm saying is, is that we can, we can track how long it's been by, by that sonogram from earlier in the season when she said, it looks like you're, you know, this pregnant.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm I'm just trying to do the math on how long it is bef- bef- by the time between the time that the signal is turned off to the point where the island starts hopping.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't know.
0: Which yeah. I, I I still think it's a number of days. I don't think it's I don't think it's weeks upon months. I right. still think there are a couple of days between in which if let's be real, if Charlie was under that water, the like he's he's gone at that. No, and yeah, there's no resurrecting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and even if you could like his, he's he's brain dead at that point, I mean, no oxygen to the brain. So this is getting dark. Yeah, but
1: then. Yeah. But then let's, he wakes up back. and he <laughs> only knows one tune. Good vibrations <laughs> <That's all. laughs> and he just keeps singing it over and over and over again. And he drives someone so crazy that they that they put it in as the code for Hydra station because they can't get it out of their head.
0: He's there like De Niro go. in *Awakenings*. He's just sitting so. in a wheelchair, just doing this with his hands, <laughs> right. just tapping out with his hands. I just realized doing this with your hand doesn't work well on a podcast. Nope. So I had to say so. Um, I mean, it, so okay, so we we did we jumped into the Charlie death, obviously, which is the end of the first episode of uh, of part, which is the end of part one of *Through the Looking Glass*. Um, I think it's only right that we kind of jump back to the beginning. And we, you know, this whole finale kicks off with, I think what you're meant to believe is a flashback of a very broken Jack. You know, we talked about the very broken Jack that's going to be coming up, uh, you know, throughout the course of...
1: Beardy Jack.
0: Beardy, that's right. Um, You know, we see him on the plane trying to get more alcohol, then we see him on the bridge ready to commit suicide. Before that accident kind of takes him out of everything and the writers man rewatching this you were there is no clue in that first episode that this is a flash forward there's and, not one
2: yeah and this is the only this is the the only point of criticism that or, or big criticism that I have that it feels like a cheat to me of, of the writers is that is that Jack keep rep- keeps referencing that his father in the present tense, like he says, and I I actually wrote it down when he's trying to get the prescription filled and they're going to call his dad. He goes, he's out of town. Uh, and then later when he's in the hospital with the, with the, the new chief of surgery, he says, we'll call my father. If I'm drunker than he is, you can fire me.
1: So, So, okay. Yeah. We've, we've, we talked about this. I mm -hmm. remember, (laughs) I remember this now. Um, so (laughs) So I, and I think I said, I didn't think that it was much of a cheat.
0: I, I don't either. I, I agree with that. I don't think it's a cheat. I think it's more an excuse that Jack was using.
1: I, I just think that when you're that out of it and you're that hopped up on pain pills, as we knew that he was, and he's as drunk as he is, that it is possible to kind of lose where you are, when you are, um, you know, you, you completely lose yourself. And um, I think that this is one of those prime examples of he probably honestly thought that his dad was still alive in that moment.
2: And do you think that, that the other people, and specifically that scene in the hospital, because obviously in the, the pharmacy, they don't, there's not gonna be anybody there that knows, but that scene in the hospital, you think they're just, maybe they're just placating him by not saying anything or the scene is so quick There's just not time for anybody to go, you know your dad is dead, right? Um,
1: I think that this was – correct me if I'm wrong. This was after the confrontation about what were you doing on that bridge?
2: Yes, I think it's all the same. I think it's all Mm -hmm. in that same – when he's there trying to steal the pills maybe.
1: So I think that it was a de-escalation mode to not make him confront reality but to – treat him kind of like as a dangerous person. I mean, he was a danger to himself. He was a danger to others. He was hopped up on pills. He was very drunk. It's, it's possible that they just kind of said, okay, we're just going to talk to you and try and deescalate this situation a little bit and get you out of here. Okay.
2: Okay, I'll see, let you guys have it. I'll concede I, it.
1: Well, here's here's the thing, though. I, I kind of see it
0: a little bit differently now than I did the last time we talked about this. I mean, I can see this as... I mean, I understand, you know, from one point of view, Steve, you think of it as a little bit of a cheat. Kristen, I agreed with you last week in that, like, this is just... He's just he mentally believes that his father is still alive. I, I don't see it as that sense anymore. I, from the moment that he's in that pharmacy to the point where he's in that hospital trying to take the Oxy from the cabinet, I see it as in, this is talk of a drug addict. He is, he is addicted to drugs at this point. And drug addicts are going to lie and cheat their way to get what they want.
1: Mm. When he
0: tells the pharmacist, we, you know when he hands that pharmacist this prescription with his you know this is not me this is christian shepherd he knows his father's not alive this is what this is his way of lying to get more drugs he because he knows that nobody can confirm this because his father's never going to answer the phone right. and then when he's talking to the doctor in the hospital and he tells the doctor "Well, you get my father on the phone and you, if you can you know get him here you know whatever then i'll, I'll let this be He's saying that because he knows it's not possible. I, I think he is, I think he clearly knows his father is dead. He's using it as an excuse to get what he wants.
1: Well, maybe in the pharmacy, but I don't think so in the, in the hospital. Maybe it's a combination of both then. Yeah.
0: You know, maybe he does, his mind is a little clouded, but I think, I think absolutely in the pharmacy, him handing the prescription with his father's name on it, that's, he's lying his way to those drugs. You know, he, he knows his father didn't write that prescription. He's, he's, he's lying his way. He's lying his way in. Okay. So, And that
2: oxy is, by the way, in case nobody knows that oxy
0: is a bad, that's a bad drug. Oh, uh, I had surgery a couple years ago and I was given that. And there's a reason why I took half of what they told me to take.
2: Yeah. Because, you know, I'm I, the, I I'm the so same good. way I, I should have. I, I, sh- I had to wean myself kind of off of it because they kept coming by, the room when I was in a rehab hospital rehabbing my knee and they'd be like, do you need a pain pill? It'd be like, sure. Why not? And you know, so you, there's a point where you have to tell them, no, no, I'm fine. And just breathe through it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the moment I woke up in the morning and felt that I didn't need one, they, they went away. Yeah. Didn't, didn't take one for the sake of taking. I took one I needed and that was it. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we're definitely, you know, we, we knew that this was, we we knew that this broken Jack was coming and you know, again, there, there's no clue in that first half Mm -hmm. that this is a flash forward of any kind. We think this is just another point in, in Jack's life because we even see on, I can't remember her name, his ex-wife, Juliet, uh, Sarah, 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 right. Yeah. Juliet. not Juliet. where I got Juliet from. Um,
1: From Julia, from Julia, (laughs)
0: Um, you know, because we even see Sarah pop up again. And we know at this point they're not together because she's saying it's not appropriate for her for her to give him a ride home. She was his point of contact for when he was in the accident. Um, So, I mean, we're very clearly led to believe that this is just another flashback in Jack's life.
2: Yeah. And I, I believe the actress was actually pregnant that uh, when w- she showed yeah. up on set, she was actually pregnant and they were talking about possibly hiding it. And then they were like, no, no, let's make it even more e- emotionally traumatizing for Jack to realize that not only has she moved on with another
0: man, they're now having a child. You know, I didn't even pick up that she was pregnant. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. She was very pregnant. OK.
0: Yeah. Julie Bowen, a.k.a. Um, That's where I got the Juliet from. Julie. Um, oh, my God. Uh, claire dunphy it. claire dunphy that's it yeah yeah
1: so don't good. worry i'll just be here with the extra information <laughs> you guys go on she was got in it. that
2: she was in that family superhero show also she played the the wife of a, like a family of superheroes it, is it, that uh
1: I, spy kids
2: no no this was a tv show that lasted like maybe half a season. i mean i don't know if was got that the one with season. michael
0: Cudlitz or not I michael Cudlitz? um michael um the guy from the shield um Chickles, oh, Michael, Michael Chickles, Michael yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's the one, yeah, they were married, and, and they were, they were husband and wife, and they had a family, and they all got, like, affected by some, I, I don't even remember, yes, I, just,
0: I remember I just, actually liking that show, I, I liked it, I liked it, I just didn't, it didn't last long, so, um, oh god, that's gonna, bug me until i figure out what the the name of that show was well while you're thinking about that you know also <laughs> at the beginning of
2: this episode we get something that that i think we we didn't talk about last time it wasn't until after uh we were done recording that i brought it up to you then is that we get jen speaking english here and it, it almost yes. brought a tear to my eye when he's he's talking to Sun and they're talking in, in Korean about she's worried about him and he's like, stay close to Jack. If you get tired, take a rest, do this and that. And then at the the last thing he says, when she says, why are you doing this or, or something like that? He says, because we in English, he says, because we have to go home. Yes. And it just, it, it gives me chills right now, even just thinking about it, because it's, it, I'm so, another thing that I'm loving about this rewatch is that I never really paid much attention to the Jen and son relationship until this watch. And so I'm so glad that you guys are are doing this way and you, you highlighted their relationship because I really started paying attention to it. And it is such a a wonderfully tragic relationship that we, that we see. So,
0: yeah, you're right. I I was kind of, when we, when I was rewatching this again last night, I kind of, I was, I was almost kind of bothered a little bit that we didn't bring that up we did when we recorded this the first time we didn't bring that up um no ordinary family is the show you're thinking of no that's it okay and yeah. it was julie benz not julie Bowen. oh it wasn't julie bowen okay it was the ah, one the it one was from dexter. it was nikki yes
1: no, no 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 julie benz is the one from dexter You're from right. dexter yeah yes. and all she right.
2: was in uh, buffy the vampire slayer also Yeah,
0: she was she was darla mm-hmm. okay all right enough uh, we're off enough off. six degrees <laughs> of separation literally everywhere right now <laughs> Six Degrees of Separation, are lost. Um, yeah, I was, I was really disappointed that we didn't bring that up the first time we recorded this because that is such an amazing moment from not just from the series, but from that couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time you think you've seen the best of them and what they're becoming, they, they step it up again. So for them to have this whole conversation in Korean... And then for Jin to say, because we have to go home in English. Like, that speaks so much of Jin. Because not only is he saying, not only is he comforting his wife and saying, you know, I, I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure we get out of this. To say it in English, after everything that they've been through already, like, that's just the it, it's such an amazing moment with that couple, with, with those characters.
1: It, it, it begs the question, though, if both of them had gotten off the island, what that would have meant for them as a couple, given how broken they were before getting on the island, and given who son's family is?
0: There, you I, know what? There's a part of me that believes if they ever got off the island, they were never going back to, they were never I, going back to Korea. That's
2: what I was going to say. I think if they had if they had gotten off the island together, I I think they would have done what they had planned, what they were starting to plan on. They,
1: they would have been super famous, and her father has a lot of reach. That's just my oh, cause, you're you right. know what I, I mean. Didn't think
2: about that part of it. Right, right. So he could have tracked them down that way, and there still could have been some tension.
0: Well, but also, I mean, again, spoiler for episode. Looking for, looking a little bit into the future, let's not forget. You know, because Sun is one of the Oceanic Six. She is one of the ones that gets off the island. Right. And there is a confrontation between her and her father, where she basically threat, like she blackmails her father and takes over the company, because right. of the shit that she knows. So there's a part of me in the strength that Sun gains from everything that she goes through on that island. I don't think her father would have been a threat anymore. I think okay. son would have. I think okay. Yeah. Sun would have stepped up, and she would have put the squash on that. Okay. and been like if you don't let us live our lives some shit's going to come out.
2: Yeah, so I, I yeah, that would have been interesting to see play out that she would have instead of instead of using her notoriety and her her celebrity to blackmail and take over her father's company, maybe she would have done to keep the family together and she would have been like, "Well, you'll never see your grandchild or you're never, you know, whatever or the like you said the blackmail thing to to leave them alone right. and they would have ended up, you know, in in America Jin working as a, I don't know, English as a second language teacher. Fisherman. (laughs) Yeah, a fisherman. He might have been a professional fisherman, something like that.
1: Yeah. You know what? I don't think that any of them had to work anymore after they were done, uh, after they got off the island.
0: Well, I mean, they had golden tickets from Oceania to go anywhere they wanted. And I'm sure they got
2: some kind of a cash settlement. They had to get some sort of a cash settlement from the – airline as well you would think
0: yeah uh, yeah i would i would think so too yeah i mean you're but you're right the fame that they would have gone through just from getting off the island um would have caused problems not just with Jin and Sun, but with everybody that mm-hmm. was there i mean we see what happens to some of the characters when they do get off the island you know where w- when we jump right into season four we're gonna see what this does to hurley yeah, you know, because that—that's the way the season kicks off—is a flash forward to Hurley. Yeah, or Hurley. Backstory. I did watch. I did watch that episode after we finished
2: recording last time. I so did
1: too, which a- is why I'm like just trying <laughs> to hang back and like yeah. just add on to whatever you guys are saying because I'm yeah. like I don't want to. I don't want like. I'm say trying anything. not to
0: reference it. Yeah. Um. So, all right. I mean, let's go to. Um, Wow. I mean, we've talked about so much already, and we're still in the beginning of the episode. Um, well, with the exception of Charlie. Uh, you know, but, you know, there's another crucial moment in the beginning of the episode in the present day. When, you know, when, when the episode kicks off and we're in the present day, we're seeing the plan that they came up with last episode. They're moving right into it. Jack mm-hmm. is taking the survivors to the tower. Saeed, Bernard, and Jin are going to stay behind to shoot the dynamite. I mean, and I know this is something we talked about last time. And I hate, ref- I, hate, I hate the fact that we keep referencing, well, last time we did this, because our listeners are never going to hear that.
1: I'm exactly. so sorry to anybody that's listening to this right now. I mean, I feel all over the map right it could be now. A, it,
0: could be a drinking, it could be a drinking game. You know, every
2: time we, we say we've recorded this already, take a drink. Yeah. Oh, all of our <laughs> listeners are going to be passed
0: out by the time we get to this episode. No, so don't do that. Don't do that.
1: Um, um, don't rep proactively
0: drink either i want to say like in that moment there's there's a really crucial moment with saeed uh that i know we talked about before but you know when he's when him and jack are talking before they leave the beach and saeed tells jack i'm willing to give my life if it means securing rescue like he at this point i I think you know we've talked a number of times about how I believe Hurley is the true leader of that group. But we are seeing other leaders step up. There's more than one leader at this point. We have Jack who's gonna lead the troops to, to the tower, make sure all that's done. Charlie and Desmond have stepped up to, make, get, to get their element done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, And we have Saeed taking charge of the situation at the camp. There are multiple leaders or at least lieutenants at that point. And for Saeed to tell Jack, you need to keep going no matter what. Mm-hmm from what we know of jack that is a hard pill to swallow for jack because he wants he wants his finger in every part of what's going on mm-hmm. if jack could be at the beach and lead them to the tower at the same time he would yeah so for sayid to tell him no matter what happens you need to keep going that's a hard pill to swallow for jack
1: well and i think that, you know, he wasn't convinced until Said said, listen, I'm willing to give my life for this. If I, if I don't give my life, if, if I give my life for this and you decide to squander that, then that's going to be on you. So I think that that, that drove it home for, yeah. for Jack, because other than that, Jack would have gone back the minute it was two explosions and not three explosions. He would have old Jack pre Said's conversation would have gone back. Because everybody else is like, we need to go back. We need to go back. And he's like, no, we move forward.
0: Well, that's another moment too with Jack where, you know, when you do see the two explosions go off and Kate's like, it didn't work. Like, we need to go back. You know, for Jack, that's a big moment for Jack for him to say, no, we're going to keep going. And Kate's like, I'm going to go back. And he's like, no, you're going with us. Jack is finally stepping up to be the leader that he has said numerous times people forced him to be. He's now becoming that leader. Of
2: course, and that decision leads to my my absolute favorite line of the entire series, which is Rose uh, looking at Jack (laughs) and and saying, "If you say live together, die alone, to me, Jack, I'm going to punch you in your face." I
1: love that. I I love Rose. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: that is my old favorite line of the entire series. (laughs) Well, I mean, and another great Rose and Bernard moment that we get out of this episode too, that we didn't talk about last time, is when they're preparing to leave the beach and. Bernard is preparing to stay behind. When Rose says, if I say, I'll help you with your SOS sign, will you not do this? Like you get the call back to the SOS sign that Bernard tried to make before. But again, it's another moment. And then her telling him- And then
1: she says, now repeat after me. I, I am not Rambo. I'm a dentist or something <laughs> <Yes>. like that.
2: <laughs> and I, I love that that Bernard. And it's 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 an it's a funny moment there with uh, with uh, Tom Friendly when he's talking to uh,
1: uh gosh why Danny? am I getting
2: character names uh, No, when he's talking on the on the radio to, uh, to Ben to Ben, and he says uh, he says draw uh, uh, does he he says draw Jin. Uh, and the dentist yes. like he, he doesn't even give bernard a name like that's how low on the totem pole or in their in their minds bernard is <laughs> he's just like yeah it's it's these two guys and the dentist
1: is
0: <laughs> well <laughs> I, and we talked about that last episode too is the fact that like the writers wanted you to believe that there were going to be casualties in this and they do such a great job of making you believe that bernard is such a right a written off character that what you're right when when Tom is talking to Ben and they call him the dentist, it's like okay they're not even calling him by his name. They're going to write him off so yeah. easily. Yeah, and then again, as we mentioned, you know the the when we did this before, of all the three of the, those guys that are carrying out the plan at the camp, it's not Bernard that fails, it's Jim. Well, and, you know, I had this in my notes,
2: is, is I've fired that weapon, and it's, it's – I don't know why they gave Jin the pistol. Maybe he wanted the pistol. Maybe he didn't think he could shoot a rifle effectively. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But, like, like Bernard and Saeed are laying on, on the ground, firing at a, a dynamite that is on the ground. Um, said has got a, a rifle with a scope. Bernard's got a rifle with, with iron sights mm-hmm. and Jen is standing up because he doesn't fall to the ground until they shoot at him. He's standing up with a pistol in the dark trying to shoot at something on the ground. Well, I,
0: I, I, I do remember you saying that before. Uh, Jin is not standing up. He is lying down taking that shot. Okay.
2: Uh, I'd have to go back and watch. You, you just watched it more recently than I did. I, I, I could have swore he
0: fell to the ground when they started shooting at him, but there is a point to 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 the rifles versus the handgun because mm-hmm. even lying down, a handgun is still not going to have the steady aim that two rifles are going to have. Uh, in regards to who got what gun, I think maybe Jin was given the handgun because given their their dredges before, you know, Saeed was a soldier. Soldiers back then used rifles. Bernard was a was a hunter. Hunters used rifles. I think Jin, out of all three of them, was the one who was more capable with a handgun over a rifle. So that's probably why he was given a handgun. Should over have just a,
1: imagined it was the back of someone's head. It's <laughs> right a double tap to the <laughs> and we would have been done.
2: <laughs> double we tap. T- <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. Um, we this is going off on a little bit of a tangent, but we were at the range, me and some friends, one day, and, and we're shooting our rifles and. and uh, shooting at a 100-yard target, and uh, one of the guys uh, takes out his, his the pistol he carried on his hip, and he, he shoots, and he takes about four shots, and we walk him in, and he hits that 100-yard target, uh, and then the next guy is a pilot, He's a, and he pulls out his pistol, and boom, shoots the 100-yard target with one shot, and then I was very proud of myself that I pulled out mine, and I was able to, with three shots, hit that 100-yard target with my my pistol, so. Nice. Uh,
0: nice, I- yeah. I still like I still think the uh uh double tap the dynamite is a good band name. Yeah, that, that would be double tap the dynamite. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna write that down. Double tap the dynamite, that's a band name.
1: That's an album name.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's that's that's
1: the uh Said <laughs> and the Dentist. That's the band name. There you go. Uh,
0: Saeed um... and the Dentist, their debut album, Double Tap the Dynamite.
1: Yeah, see, you got it. <laughs>
0: Um, oh, and, and something we didn't mention last time that
2: I, I came up afterwards was that whole going back to the beach scene after their shooting and, uh, you know, it's Tom Friendly, MC Ganey with the clothesline against Bernard I thought was great. He just sticks his arm out and Bernard runs right into it and
0: well, I mean and knocks you him know. Out. We we talked, you know, I I mentioned out of everybody to miss the shot. It was Jin that missed the shot. But Bernard really is the weak link out of the three of them. I mean, when you fast forward to the point where everything's taken over, I mean, we have Saeed sitting there who can take torture with the best of, as as well as he can give it. Mm -hmm. We have Jin who can just pretend he doesn't speak English to, to get out of doing anything. And then you have Bernard who immediately spills the beans. I mean, rightfully so he fears for his life, but Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the one out of all three of them who just immediately spills the beans about the entire plan.
1: Yeah. And he's not, and and you're right. He's not hardened like the other two. Exactly. Isn't it,
2: isn't it Ben, Ben tells them to shoot gin, right? Because I think Ben knows them well enough that he knows the one who's going to crack. He knows that Said's not going to crack. He's, he's probably sure that Jen's not going to crack. He knows that if anybody's going to crack, it's going to be the
0: dentist. And so when he tells Danny to shoot one of them, he says, shoot Jen. Yeah. Because he, he probably knows that Bernard's the one that's going to crack. So if you kill one of the other two hardened guys, I mean, and, and why, why risk killing Saeed over Jen because kill the one that doesn't speak English because he's not going to talk anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, what a dick move from Danny. He said sayonara
2: to a Korean. That's just, that's a dick move. Well,
1: it's racist. It's it's, (laughs) Danny. It's it's racist. yeah. Yeah.
0: They're, they're, I mean, we don't have to say like what a dick move. It's Danny. <laughs> it is okay. <laughs> what do you expect from Danny? Like that's signard wh- to a
1: Korean <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, you know what? Rather than keep, I want to turn it over to one of you guys. I want to see where, where where you guys want to go next. Um, so I, how I'll, about you, Steve? Um, let me see. Gosh. Uh, um, okay.
2: Uh, we'll we'll go here because I really. uh, Want to just make sure I bring it up again? I absolutely love Elizabeth Mitchell. She has the most marvelous blue eyes that I have (laughs) almost ever seen in an actress, and I just, I just, there were that walk between her and Sawyer when they're when they're going back uh, to supposedly get the guns uh, was just great. And we see because it is it is one thing that I did that I followed every time I rewatched it is I love and I get tears in my eyes. With their reunion at the end of the the series, when in the Sideways Flash, and it, it just we see the kind of beginnings of that here, uh, to where uh, you know she makes the the, the joke about the, the the landing strip that it, it for the, the aliens. aliens for the aliens, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Story is like really, and she's like no, I don't know, <laughs> no, they're not going to tell know. me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so I, I love seeing uh, the beginning of that and. That we're, we're starting to see as well, and this is a credit to Josh Holloway, when he's talking to Kate, and Kate picks up on the fact that, why are you calling me Kate? You've never called me Kate before, that he's, he's processing the fact that even though we've seen him murder before, he has accomplished his basically his almost lifelong goal here when he killed Locke's father. That's he's since he's been a kid, that's been his whole goal of his life was to find the man who ruined his family and kill him. And so I, I
1: yeah. You think maybe it's kind of like he had an identity crisis, you know, like, where do I go from here? Like I've, I did what I was going to do. I don't know. Like crisis of conscience crisis, no, not of conscience, because he wasn't sorry that he killed him at all. No, um, no not at all. No, but I think that maybe he was having a, Where? Do, wh- what do I do now?
2: Exactly. The, the point of my life has been, I've been a con man because a con man changed my life. Now, what do I do? So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that we all have that, right? We all have that moment in our lives where we're like, okay, what now? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh- There's. Yeah, no, I, and, and there's, there's a couple other things I find very interesting about that entire dynamic, the the Jack, Kate, Sawyer, uh, Juliet dynamic of everything. Um, when Naomi approaches Jack to let him know about the phone and how to operate the satellite phone, mm-hmm. and Juliet is standing there and Naomi says, like, can you trust her? Your, peer, your people don't like her. Is she okay? Juliet is the one that says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go over here. Mm-hmm. And you know, you do what you need to do. Juliet fully trusts this group, even though they may not trust her.
2: Yeah, at this is, point. is that the moment where she kisses Jack also before she walks away? Or is that is <laughs> well, that really I,
0: I wanted to bring that up too <laughs> because I find it very Gosh, humorous. Jack's such a dick in this move. <laughs> I find it very humorous that we're getting the beginnings of the Juliet Sawyer relationship in this episode but it starts with a Juliet Jack kiss.
1: Yeah. And then Jack turns around and says, I love you, Kate. So, yeah, because I love you. Like, really? What the
0: hell is going on at this point? You, you're telling some other woman you love her yeah. after you just got done kissing a, a completely different woman. Well, he's secretly Mormon, so he's, you know.
1: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any Mormons that are listening, Sorry, yeah, but no, no we do know you do know you have a rich history of polygamy somewhere <laughs> in your history. So, <laughs> that just I, but, we're 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 really going for it today, guys. Yeah,
0: we should start re-recording every episode. <laughs> no, uh, please. No. <laughs> we're having a bad, we're having a hard enough time putting out weekly episodes as it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it's I, I just found that dynamic so odd, like. On one hand, you have, again, Juliet and Sawyer starting, starts with a kiss with Jack. And then Jack kissing Juliet and then telling Kate, I love you. Like, (laughs) what is going on? Is this just like Jack sowing his wild oats before getting off the island? Like, I don't know.
1: You know, I think that a lot of this little love square triangle, whatever it is, I think that a lot of it is a little forced Um, I think that if we could have just kind of let the characters kind of naturally go through, like, um, through their own development and arc, that we would have arrived at Sawyer and Juliet without having to have Jack and Juliet have some tortured unspoken something. We would have arrived at uh, Jack and Kate. <clears throat> in the flash forward or whatever without having to go through the Sawyer, Jack and Kate triangle. I think that, you know, maybe it was, you know, time specific. Um, you know, what was it? 20 years ago that this show was on 15,
0: mm-hmm. something crap, is it been crazy been like on?
1: that. So, you know, that was back when that kind of, that kind of dynamic was needed for television because Television now is much more character driven. It's much, the stories are more rich and and complicated without having to add a an extra forced love element. And I think that that's just kind of a sign of where we've evolved uh, with with storytelling, which is nice. So when you look at back at at stories like that, it it seems a little contrived, but. Um, I'm glad that we're now going to move into the direction of Sawyer and Juliet because that was so much more natural and it was uh, fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Do we think that the,
0: the, the Julie, the Kate and Jack moment, the I love you moment was basically just a little bit of a setup for the final moment of the finale?
1: If it was, then it was not needed. Because, of course, if the the two of them were going to get off the island, they were naturally going to gravitate towards each other because they already had chemistry and a set-up history for three seasons. We didn't need the I love you. And it would have set up for a future story so much better.
0: Yeah, because it didn't change anything with me as when watching that final moment. There was more shock and awe than there was. Like, there wasn't a part of me that thought, like, oh, these guys were in a relationship. Like, it didn't. Right. That, that didn't occur to me one bit mm-hmm. when we get that final moment with Jack and Kate at right. the end of the at the, at the end of the finale. So you're right. If if that was the, if that was the writer's purpose, it was a little forced mm-hmm. and didn't accomplish the goal that it set out to do.
1: And it well, and it didn't flow together and it was all in the same episode. It was all in the same ten minutes.
0: Um yeah, it was. It, they're right. The I Love You was towards the end of the um not the same ten minutes, but the same episode.
1: It, it It was, it was just in part two it, i i remember just laughing, just watching and going, because I love you. I'm like, really, really <laughs> you're you're, you're so, okay, sure let's let let's do this you're
0: you're saying that with Juliet saliva still on your lips <laughs> <laughs> Like come on, dude
1: <laughs> yeah I, especially I since think... they gave Jack or, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Steve, no, no. especially since they gave Sawyer and Kate kind of like a conclusion you never call me kate
0: right, right well
1: i don't want you around or something like that right like
0: well i didn't want to go with you yeah yeah, yeah. i i you know
1: i
2: i always thought that the jack and Juliet um thing was forced because i it, it, even from back in season two when we first meet her and uh, in yeah. there in the, the station that station and the whole surgery thing with ben um I always thought that was a little forced uh, between the two of them. So I I can, I can definitely see what you mean there. And that may be what we were, and and maybe the writers figured out in season three and looked at it and go, you know, there's more chemistry between Sawyer and Juliet. And that's why they end up together. Um, You know, I don't want to spoil too, too much, but. We know they're two of the ones that go back in time. So it's
0: spoilerful. You're fine. Yeah,
2: we're spoilerful. So, yeah. um, you know, they're they're going to end up together in the past. So, <laughs> I,
0: I know <laughs>
1: they're going to end up together in the past. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, I know one of the other elements of the the Juliet and Sawyer uh moments that happen in this is as they're heading to the camp you know we talked about the whole I was we were building a runway for the aliens there really is kind of a man like a, a heartbreak when Hurley catches up to them <sighs> and wants to help and you know Sawyer telling him like you're just going to get in the way and then it it kind it switches to that camera view of Juliet and Sawyer heading off in one direction and Hurley doing the slow walk in the other. It's like the head down, I don't matter to anybody walk, which we know in the second part of this finale completely turns around. Yeah. And like Hurley, I mean, we could jump right into that as a matter of yeah, fact.
2: Yeah, for sure. Because we, we talked about this last time as well. So let's... It, let's...
0: You know, it's Hurley comes, is the one that comes to the rescue. You know, Juliet and Sawyer are going into this blind you know, when they're standing outside of the camp after we're led to believe that Danny and Tom had killed, you know, Bernard, Jin and, and, and um, Saeed. Um, uh, you know, they're standing outside the camp and he's saying like, okay, like it, there's four of them with guns and Juliet's like, well, we're two without guns. You know, and then Hurley's the one that comes barreling in with a plan. Yeah.
1: He saved him, dude. I love,
0: yeah. I love it. I love it. Stay I in the van, hero.
2: Yeah, I love I love that you bring that up because the, the closed captioning, uh, it, it says, is Hugo, but there's no doubt in my mind that Josh Holloway said hero mm-hmm. right. in, in the actual. But so when they did the closed captioning, they must have been following the script maybe. And, and uh, I, I think that would be another it's cool It's like question. an ad lib. Yeah, that would be another cool question if you ever get to talk to Josh Holloway is, is to find out if he remembers whether that was an ad-lib on his part or uh, if they changed it the last
0: second. But I just, I love that moment when he says, stay in the bus, hero. Now, I did have one criticism with that scene. Mm-hmm. With, with, Sa- with Sawyer telling Hurley to stay in the van, you are keeping Hurley as a very obvious target. You've already taken out Danny, Tom's on the ground. There's still two other guys with guns. And there is a van who they very obviously know Hurley is driving. Like, if you're going to tell him to stay in the van, tell him to get down. Yeah. Like, but Hurley is still sitting there in the driver's seat, clear as day, because they've already shot out the windshield. Mm -hmm. He is a very obvious target. I don't think that was Sawyer's intention, to keep Hurley the target. To keep the attention on Hurley, I don't. I really firmly believe Sawyer would never put Hurley's life at risk like that. Well, I just think it's a criticism in the writing.
1: Maybe, yeah. That, the, I mean, the moment. Losties, the Losties, and Juliet were, I mean, had severely outnumbered um, the others in that on that beach at that point. So I think that you know they they had a, they had control of that situation.
0: Well, I mean, because we also talked about at that point too, Saeed tripping the one and just snapping his neck with his legs such a badass like saeed like like, you know you tied saeed's hands
1: he don't need him yeah Yeah. and bernard is sitting here going oh you know what i think i'm out of my depth here (laughs) (laughs) anybody need a a cavity filled or a teeth tooth
0: pulled (laughs) you know but i i just love the fact that in that scene you know after you just got done kind of pushing Hurley to the side and saying, you're just going to get in the way. Like, you know, as Hurley's walking away, he's got it in his mind. Like I'm going to prove I'm not worthless. Mm-hmm. And he does. Cause if yeah. it wasn't for them, things probably would have gone. If it wasn't for Hurley, things would have gone
1: very differently. Way differently. Beach. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: There would have been casualties. They
1: were all about back. to die.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Yay Hurley. Hurley. And- yeah. And in, instead we get Danny is gone and unfortunately our friend M C Ganey, aka Tom Friendly also bites the big one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, uh. that was another that was
2: another one of those cool moments that I think Kristen you brought up last time that Sawyer, you know, he's Tom Friendly's there on the ground and he's surrendering and everybody thinks it's it's over and Sawyer just shoots him and says this is for the kid, you know, or because of the kid. Yes. Maybe, you know. This is because you took the kid off the boat. Yeah, that's it um that 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 moment and i know that i wrote down in my notes trying to, to to count out the the killers on the island um people that killed on the island from our group and we have charlie sawyer bernard michael and uh, and lucia lucia uh <laughs> echo and uh son who shot the woman on on the boat who eventually died and then and then saeed so um
0: but I, I think, think Curly's on that list now, too. I
2: I, I had I didn't even put him on there, but you're right. I think he did. The guy that – did he hit Danny with the, the he van? He hit Danny with the van. Yeah.
0: He and ran think, him right over.
2: Yeah, and I don't think he got up again. So I think no. – uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't remember if, if Sawyer – I thought I saw Sawyer pick up his gun and shoot him maybe, but just to make sure. But I, I think he was taken out by the bus. Oh, so yeah.
0: no. He – Hurley hits him with that bus and you see Danny go under and come out the back. Okay. So like yeah. <laughs> Danny, Danny's gone. And, and Hurley is now on that list of someone yeah. who has killed someone. You know, I think at this point, Jack is the one who's not on that list. He's the only one. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, this is for the kid. We got to talk about that because we not only get mention of Walt, we get Walt in this episode. Yeah. Do you do you think they meant to, to do
2: something more with him, but when he showed up on set and he was he looked so much older than he should have been that they were like, okay, we gotta put him in short pants and a shirt and <laughs> and, and 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 do a camera angle where we can't tell how tall he
1: is. I think they had big plans for the Walt character, period. Yeah. And they just i don't know what they were thinking i i don 't know what like what on earth they thought that they were going to do with a kid over six seasons at the age of puberty
0: i, I th- yeah, yeah I, th- I think Malcolm David Kelly was always meant to return to the series mm-hmm. they had set up so much for him, and yep i mean it's you you see kids go through puberty, but man, when he went through puberty, he went from like kid to twenty year old in a in a matter of like months.
1: Yeah, he shot right right up.
0: I, I think his development just became too much to cover up, and they had to write the character off.
1: Didn't they see? Didn't isn't like one of the next times we see him like through a window? Yeah,
0: you see him. You see him through <laughs> far a <bedroom> away. Window. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the last time you see him. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: except for the the vignette. The I don't know if we're, if you guys are going to include it in the in your podcast or not the new man in charge short that they did uh, after the season then uh, wrapped.
0: We so. might, we might throw it in there at some point cause I've never seen it. So it would be interesting to watch that for the first time and talk about that. But you're right. I mean the, the camera angles, um, the voice manipulation, everything that they did to make Walt still seem as young as he was. Yeah. And you could tell they changed his voice a little bit. So his voice was probably done. And it was probably voiceover. Um, You know, they had him on set speaking his lines and then they had him do voiceover so that they could manipulate, change the voice. Mm -hmm. Um, They filmed him from down in the pit so that they could look at him from upward an upwards angle. And then from behind, it was a downwards angle. Mm -hmm. So you never got a straight shot of, of Malcolm. So that you could see how big he had actually become, <laughs> right? You know, but one thing we didn't bring up in that moment is, you know, we we talked it up. We we kind of talked it up as the rebirth of John Locke, because we are going to get to see a different side of John going forward. One thing we didn't mention: it starts with a close up of the eye. Oh, just you're right. like, Just like we've gotten in past episodes. The first sight the first time you see Locke at the end of this episode, it's a close up of his eye. This is a new person. And that's, that's another name
2: I left off my list, because John kills Naomi. But I guess we don't actually find out that Naomi is dead until until season, next season. Until next season. So yeah. So
1: Yeah, because she's not dead. Mm. Not yet. Not yet. She's, yeah, she's been stabbed or is it stabbed? Yeah, sure he,
2: he, he threw the knife he threw the knife at her
1: that's right but sh- she's not
0: dead yet yeah so it, it's just yeah i mean i i I found it interesting that when I was rewatching it again last night and it started with a close up of his eye, I was like, How did we not bring that up last time we did this? Well, I know you, you talked about that in the
2: in the first season that you guys were gonna do uh, you know, an eye opening count and And I that went know, out
0: the window. <laughs>
2: yeah. Because there there <laughs> suddenly is all these episodes in the first season where they don't do that and you yeah. suddenly go, Okay, I guess it's not really as prominent as well,
0: I think like the first ten episodes of the first season, it's it starts with a close up of somebody's eye.
2: It is it it is a lot of them. I know it yeah.
0: is, but
1: they probably just got tired of the gimmick.
0: Probably. Um, where else do we want to go? I have a couple other notes, but I don't want to kind of hog everything. Um, the only other thing I had that we really haven't talked about is
2: uh, there was a lot of blood and violence in this episode. Oh, yes, there was. Episode. And, and especially with Jack, we see Jack just go off on Ben when he thinks that Saeed and Jin
0: and Bernard are, are dead. He, he pummels, and he would have killed Ben if they hadn't stopped him. 100%. Well, I mean, and that's, that's one of the other things I had left to talk about too is, you know, in that moment, you know, Ben is showing his cards. He's got, he's, he's got the walkie. He tells them if they don't hear back from him in a minute, kill all three of them. I don't think Ben knew that they weren't going to do it. I think Ben had full confidence that Danny and Tom were going to kill them. Yeah. So when he hears those gunshots over the radio, Ben's confident they're dead.
1: Oh, well, you can tell by his surprise when he hears that they're not dead. Right. But what what my favorite scene in the entire two episode finale here was the scene between Jack and Ben. Mm -hmm. Was just from start to finish, from him pacing back and forth, from Jack pacing back and forth like some kind of a feral animal, you know, like he does just. doesn't know what to do with Ben, to them having the conversation, to the buildup of the shots fired, to, to the pummeling, to, I mean, those two actors, you could tell, just gave it everything that they had. And mm. it was phenomenal, phenomenal.
0: This, is, they, the, this is the hero villain confrontation.
1: But yeah. both of them think that they're heroes. Yep.
2: <laughs> and they, did a, they did a great job, uh, I think I did bring this up last time, of, of when you see Jack's knuckles, after that, the makeup yes. did a really great job of making him look like he had just pummeled another another human being because that's a you know, that's that's one of those things that a lot of TV shows and movies don't show is when they have a, a hero who's in this big fight with his bare fists and then the next scene you see he's got like his hands are just fine. And we're like, no, people break hands, they you know, break knuckles and scar their their hands up when they do that.
0: Yeah. I mean it's it's one of those moments too that you know When, when Ben has the walkie and you hear the gunshots go off, you know, I, I mentioned before, Ben is showing his cards, you know, but at that moment when the gunshots go off, that was the one thing he was holding over Jack. And when they're, when you're led to believe they're dead, like, I remember watching, like, you've got nothing left. There's nothing stopping Jack now. Right, and, and then, in that very next moment, that's when ben that's when Jack goes after Ben and pummels him,
2: yeah, yeah, you
0: know it, it it's such like the tension that builds between these two like it's even when you get to that moment where they're standing in the field and you see Ben and Alex standing there and and Jack and Ben make eye contact, like you're like, "Oh shit, like something's going to go down here one way or another, yeah. yeah. You know, and then it just, you're right, it builds up so much to the point where, you know, you're where Jack, where, you know, Kristen, as you mentioned, Jack's like a feral animal. Yeah. It's almost like he's a dog on a leash and someone let that leash go. And Jack just goes for it. And,
2: uh, you know, we didn't talk about, I don't know if you have this in your notes or not, Ben, but we didn't talk about the uh, Alex and Rousseau reunion you know ben just very matter-of-factly rousseau steps out from behind a person and you see her and alex see each (laughs) other and ben just very matter-of-factly says uh alex meet your mother (laughs) meet your mother and
1: then and then the first word she ever says to her daughter Help me tie him up. Yes. Tie him up. Yeah. Sweet. It's sweet.
0: Yeah. If there's ever a more bonding moment between a mother and daughter, <laughs> let
1: me tie up your fake father.
0: It's to tie up the man who kidnapped you all those years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And tie him to a tree. <laughs> and then, of course, Rousseau,
2: you know, revealing that she's not going to leave the island. She, there's nothing for her off the island, and mm-hmm. she's just going to stay. She's like, oh no, Jack, you go ahead. I'm, I'm fine.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she makes a valid point when she's you know, when she says there's nothing for me there. Mm -hmm. I mean, the world has changed completely in the time that she's been there. So why would she want to go? Why would she want to leave a place that she's comfortable and adapted to and and go to a place where she's got to start all over again?
1: I, I gotta tell you, I don't think any of them should have left the island. I mean, I think that at that point, you live there. You've made a life for yourself. You like, why are you trying to get off the island? What do you possibly have? I don't know. I mean, I guess if I was trying to get back to my family, that's one thing. But yeah, yeah, most of them. Uh, Kate was. Kate's well, on the run. Kate's yeah. on the run. Sawyer's a con man. Jack has. No wife, no father, no nothing to go back to i mean what what is the rush
2: really son and Hurley were the only ones that had you know reason I mean Hurley still had money and family to go back to yeah but to.
1: hurley didn't Hurley he thought didn't that he w- that life was cursed
2: right, right, but I 'm just saying that that of the characters that had something to go back to it's it's really, and son had the motivation of believing that she wouldn't
0: live through childbirth yeah she island.
1: probably was the one person that needed to get off the island
0: and Jin was going to go anywhere she went
1: yeah so yeah. it
0: didn't if she left the island Jin was going to go with her but if we she see, stayed he would stay even saeed right he tries to
2: reunite with his girl i think i don't remember now completely but he ends up becoming you know an assassin for ben and uh just it's all
0: sorts of bad yeah,
1: nothing nothing went well for
0: any of them no I, nothing goes well i mean even well i think kate's life got a little better kate yeah kate might have been she, the only one she they, ends she, up ex- being cleared of the of the charges right um and she has aaron yeah um but other than that you're right i mean jack goes down this dark path that we're starting to see in here um Jin or Son ends up well. Son ends up having the baby and taking over her father's company, but she does it without Jin. And she and she takes a very dark kind of turn as a
2: character, doesn't she? Or am I not remembering that correctly?
0: Well, I think that's because she doesn't have Jin. Yeah, I I, I I think you're right. I think she does take a little bit. But Hurley goes crazy because of visions of Charlie. Um, Said becomes an assassin. John Locke is dead. <laughs> um i mean again sorry if you haven't seen the show before <laughs> we we warned you there's spoilers um is that is that the entire oceanic six jack kate aaron saeed Jin. who's the other one it's son
2: hurley or son
0: Kate jack Saeed aaron and aaron yeah i said that's, aaron that's that's i forgot sixth. saeed i forgot saeed that's, yeah sorry. saeed
2: that's yeah. that's the six and then you
0: know john um Ben John and, and John Ben also both yeah. use, but they use the wheel. Don't they both use the wheel to yes. get off
2: the island? Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, John first and then Ben afterwards.: Yeah. so um, the only other notes I have um, are kind of leading into the the final moments of the episode. So if anybody else has anything else before we dive into that, um, uh, I'll turn it over to you guys. I'm good. I think that's everything I had. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, going into the what we are meant to believe are flashbacks, uh, I know I talked about this last time, but the the funeral home that we see at the beginning of part two, Hoff's Drawler, mm-hmm. is an anagram for flash forward. Uh, it's the first hint that we get, uh, or first Easter egg that we get, that this is indeed a flash forward, until the very end, when we see, you know... Jack, I mean, we mentioned the funeral home. There is a funeral that Jack attends. Uh, You don't know yet at this point who it is, uh, but it is indeed John Locke. And And I think it's it's a couple more seasons
2: even. It's not even season four,
0: I think. You don't see who's in that coffin until the end of season four. Okay, the end of season four. It's the season finale of season four. And we don't get the story of what happened until season five. Um. Are we introduced to Jeremy Bentham in I, I season think,
2: four or not? I, I think I was glancing through episode titles and I think the death of
0: Jerry, Jer, Jeremy Bentham is an episode, a season five episode. I think okay. I, I could be wrong on that. but you, you might be right. I mean, again, it's a shortened, episode, it's a shortened season. Mm-hmm. They're all shortened at this point. Um, season four is, is a lot of primarily uh, becoming the Oceanic Six.
2: And it's and, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I watched um, a week and a half or so ago after we we recorded the first time, I watched an interview with Damon Lindelof that's on YouTube where he talked about the fact that originally they were only going to do three seasons mm-hmm. of lost, and they actually they actually petitioned the studio and they wanted to just do three seasons, and the studio came back to them and went, "No, this show is too successful. you can't do." just three seasons. And so there was this whole negotiation uh, where the studio came back with, well, why don't we agree to 10 seasons? And Damon was like, no, there's no way we're going 10 seasons. And uh, so then the, the final agreement, I think he said the final agreement was five or six uh, seasons. I'm and, so glad they didn't go 10. Um, oh yeah. 10 would have been like, they would have had to have been finding new questions to answer, but uh, yeah, it's it's a good interview if you look it up. I don't remember what the title of it was on YouTube, but I'm sure you can find it if your Damon Lindelof discusses lost seasons or something like that. And what's funny, it's a side note, but uh, you can see the wherever he's zooming from uh, in this interview, he has a Revenge of the Jedi poster on his wall. The original title that they were going to do for Revenge regen- of the uh, Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. was originally going to be Revenge of the Jedi. He actually has a Revenge of the Jedi movie poster. Oh, that's that he, cool. He must have got from, you know, I'm sure he paid big bucks for it to, to find it. Cause there can't be very many of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm I'm glad they didn't go 10. Um, six was good. Even as much as I love the show, I think six was even a stretch. Uh, you could have probably wrapped it at five and, and, and been done with it. But yeah. I mean, that, that's the sad, reality of putting shows on a network like ABC is a, if a show is massively successful, they want as much of it as they can get mm-hmm. because of that. It, Cause it's money making for them, you know, which is why I kind of really started to grow more on shows like Amazon and Netflix is because the, you know, the writers and the creators of those sh- series want to tell a story. And once their story is told, they're done. Yeah. They, they, that's and Netflix and these other you know, streaming services kind of give them the freedom to do that. You know, you take Stranger Things for example; they have a four-season story that they said they might be able to stretch into five, but they said uh, by four, we're done. Yeah. Like our story is going to go four
1: seasons. I think it's going five.
0: Well, they did say that they could str- they could do five if they wanted to, but the main story when they first wrote it was gonna could go four. But I mean, e- even then, Netflix was kind of like, okay. Like if that's as long as it takes to tell your story, then that's what you get. Well, or like going back to Damon Lindelof,
2: you know, even when he did uh, Watchmen, even he has come out and said he's not doing a second season. That yeah. if they do a second it, season, it won't be with him.
0: It was told. Know? It was the story that he told was told in one season, and that's it. You know, another like again, I mean, not to get too far off the topic too, but you know, the Apple uh, the Apple Plus show, uh, defending Jacob, mm. was fantastic. It's a one story season. You don't need another. You don't need another season.
1: They could. They should have done that with True Detective.
0: Well, True Detective they changed up the cast and everything. Uh, it, you know, it's it's kind of like the same way like American Horror Story has been. Yeah, like but True Detective
1: story. only needed one season.
0: Well, because I heard the second season was horrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't that great, and the third season was really not great either. But that first season was electric.
0: I still have to watch it. heroes, heroes
1: should have been one season
0: Hero. Well, heroes should have been two. Sorry, something just fell in the background. Um, I think heroes should have been two because I, I loved the first season of heroes, but I was incredibly disappointed with that season finale. Yeah. And then they made up for it in season two, but they should have never gone as long as they did. Yeah.
2: Which season was the, the writer's strike season for, was that season two for heroes Uh, or was it season three? I can't remember now. I
1: I don't know when they started injecting themselves with hero serum. I was out.
2: <laughs> well, and then they brought it back and it just wasn't the same when they tried to bring it back and it wasn't the same.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah, so I mean that leads us to the final moment of the of the finale when we finally get that reveal that this is indeed a flash forward, you know, mm-hmm. we get that moment with Kate and Jack standing outside of the, of the airport. And that signature line that is the title of the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the we have to go back. And yeah. it's, it's, it's one of the things, I think, there's so many elements of this finale that make it one of the best episodes, if not one of the best finales of this show in all six seasons of the show. But it's that final moment that really is the what the fuck is going on moment. There, are, there point. are so
2: many people that I talked to in the last two three weeks talking about doing this podcast with y'all that said that seasons three and four of Lost are their absolute favorite seasons, and a, a few people who said that that season finale of season three is one of the best season finales they've ever, ever seen. So,
0: I think it is the strongest. It's the strongest finale that this the series has. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I think, I, I really do think it, it, You can put it in a line. Of one of the best season finales of any series.
2: Absolutely. I put it up there with Supernatural season five ending and uh, just, yeah. MASH. Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one though, MASH. <laughs> um.
0: But yeah, I mean, when you think of season finales, not series finales. When you right. think of season finales, you're right. It's It's easily top three, top five season finales of any show I've ever seen. For sure. So... Um, if anybody has any final notes i'm I'm done. I got through everything. I'm good. I'm good. and i um I'm pretty sure we'll uh <laughs> we're, we're gonna have um we're gonna have stuff that we forgot. so um
1: I did want to say one thing about the episode before we uh end here is that both Jack and Locke, are two leads are two, you know black and whites if you will um both tried to kill themselves in this episode
0: Mm. interesting yeah yeah you're right at two different times but they they you're right they did
2: and we barely see Locke. like he's only in what like he's only in that last scene of part one and he's only in that that last scene of part two right where he throws the knife
0: yeah yep Yeah. I mean, and, and you know what, I, that I'm glad you brought that up. Cause there is one other thing that we didn't talk about and that is, um, lack of, I don't want to say conviction, lack of follow through from John. Um,
1: well, he's very weak. We've, we've talked about this. He is very weak minded minded. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean cuz you know, he's got that gun and he's pointing it at Jack and he's saying, you know, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to stop this. And Jack just holds his holds his holds his position and John's the one that lowers the gun.
1: That's easy and and it's so funny because it's that's one of the biggest differences between Ben and Locke is that Ben Ben is so strong-willed. He that he will follow through with what he says he's going to do. Locke is very easily manipulated, um, and he's very easily um, moldable into whatever you need Locke to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, of course, he didn't kill himself, he's a coward,
0: yeah. But I mean, again, you but know, that was, some, that was something we, we had mentioned last time. And that that's exactly why I think that's exactly why the smoke monster, AKA the man in black is using John. He knows that he knows that John's malleable
2: as, as, as to take kind of a counterpoint a little bit. Okay. This is a very different John Locke than what we had in season one, uh, season one, or maybe the beginning of season one, John Locke. I, I, I remember thinking about this, uh, a while back when you guys, uh, talked about Jack and Locke and for a, a while i believed that Locke was the hero that they needed the island needed they needed someone to help them with survival to to teach them those skills and to get them to the point where they were surviving um and Jack was the hero that they wanted um but Locke has has his character his character arc has almost gone down from season one to now. And and as we go, whereas others, others, other character arcs have gone up. Mm -hmm. um, His has gone down because he started out very much the, the the man of faith who was like, you know, this Island we're meant to be here. I'm going to teach you the skills. I've got this, you know, what, what did Charlie joke? Uh, 900 knives. Who brings 900 knives to a, uh, you know, uh, on a vacation? You know, 800 would be okay, but 900 uh, or, or whatever, however Charlie says it. Um, and, you know, they are alive and where they are because of John Locke. But Absolutely. He, is, he is not the same. He is not the same John Locke who got them here.
1: Absolutely, no. Absolutely, I, I I see what you're saying, and I'm not saying he's not capable because he's very capable, and he, um, and he obviously has his survival, um, his survival game on lock. Haha, <laughs> um, but as far as him, his his mental capability, mm-hmm. um, of strength. I don't think has ever really been there. Yeah. You know, he's got his dad issues even when he lost his legs for a little bit with Boone, he was, he acted like a child that ultimately yeah. got Boone killed. Totally. Agree. You know? Yeah. So, um, I think that there is a, um, uh, a definite, What 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 like oxymoron or 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 paradox to Locke, Mm. where he's he's not very mentally capable, but he is survival man at the same time.
0: I think I think if you look at the island in regards to look at the island as a chessboard, and Jacob and the man in black are the two players.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, John Locke started as a knight, and he's been downgraded to a pawn.
1: Oh, that's a very that's a good, good way of. Yeah,
0: he 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 went from a knight to a pawn. Yes. Um, now he is just there to, to push, forward, and that's really it. Um, you know, whereas some of the other game pieces have been upgraded. You know, um, I think Jack's been pretty steadily the same piece. He's always been. Um, he's just being played in a different way now um you know the strategy of playing jack is a different way i mean if you look at all these characters as chess pieces you know there are definitely pawns there are knights there are kings queens you know and i think jack or i think Locke has just been downgraded from a knight to a pawn yeah i could see that that
1: i can get on board with that yeah
0: it's a good so, analogy and that's where I'm going to stop my conversation
1: <laughs> with, All right. with, that,
0: with that wonderful analogy. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there's stuff that we forgot. If you have anything that you want to let us know about that we did forget, uh, leave us some feedback. Let us know w- what you feel like we've forgotten. We can talk about it in the next episode. Uh, if you want to leave us feedback, there's multiple ways that we can do that. First, we are on Facebook at facebook.com lostrevisited.
1: We are on Twitter at lostrevisitpod, and we are on Instagram at lostrevisitedpod.
0: You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com.
1: Or if you want to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email as our friend Steve Brown does. <laughs> and, and actually did. stopped doing. <laughs> um, well,
0: Des did say he's going to start with uh season four. He's going to, he's going to start sending us feedback again for season four.
1: I want voicemails from you. Des figure it out. <laughs> old man.
0: I want, I want voicemails from new people too. Like I, I do want, too. I, I want I to hear, wanna hear new from voices. people. Yeah. Especially going into season four because now we 're getting into some really complicated uh, as if it wasn 't complicated already now we 're going to dive into some more complex storylines, and I really want to hear what some of the listeners think about it so I like i don 't care if you're if you 're rewatching with us and you 've gotten ahead of us and you 're leaving us feedback for season four, episode five or whatever, just you know let us know what it 's for, and you know we 'll hold it and we 'll play it when we get to that point. In the recording, um, but you know, funny enough, as we have Steve on the podcast, uh, he also left us a voicemail.
1: <laughs> so he's hilarious and wonderful.
0: Um, Steve, I'm I'm going to leave it to you because I, we don't listen to him ahead of time. Did we talk about everything you left in your voicemail, or do you want us to? Play? No, no.
2: I specifically did my voicemail about something that I that was in my notes that I talked about last time, but I didn't talk about this time. So okay. It, it is it is fresh.
0: All right. So then we will we will play uh, we will play your voicemail then. Uh, so here it is our uh, our voicemail. This is going to be so weird for you uh, to listen to your own voice on the podcast. Uh, but here it is our voicemail from Steve.
2: Hello, lost, revisited. We have to go back. Is it wait? Is it we have to go back? Yeah, that's what it is. We have to go back to Lost Revisited. This is Steve. Hey, this is for the season three finale, the double episode through the looking glass. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I was listening to the previous episode, The uh, Greatest Hits, and the two things that jumped out at me that I really want to make sure I, uh, I say before I forget is, you know, they gave us a whole episode uh, just to justify why Charlie has Sharpie in the looking glass nation so that he can <laughs> write on his hand the not pennies boat thing. We had this whole Greatest Hits episode. The other thing is, you guys kept giving uh, Desmond grief for jumping out of the boat and and losing Charlie's list, and I kept saying to myself, because the only thing I remembered about the Season 3 finale is that the reason Desmond jumps out of the boat is because Mikhail is shooting at him. So, uh, you know, I can't give him too much grief. Okay, maybe he could have taken it out of his pocket and left it in the boat, but then still, how's it going to... Anyway, he didn't know what was going to happen. Well, I guess guess he did kind of know what was going to happen but he didn't know about Mikhail shooting at him. So, all right. Talk to you later.
1: Totally forgot about that. We did talk about that.
0: Yeah. Last time what wrong with yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew that I knew in re-recording this, there was going to be new things we were going to bring up that we didn't bring up last time. And there was going to be things we brought up last time. We forgot to bring up this time. Yeah. Um, you know, I criticized that I thought like the looking glass should be out further. I didn't realize it was that closer to that close to shore. Last time I know we talked about like it gave me and I think you guys anxiety watching them dive down. Yes. And, like yes. trying to hold your breath for that. Um you know <laughs> and, and Michael being shot with a with a spear gun and realizing like nope, he's not dead. He's like, not dead, not even not a dead. little bit. So when you see the blood trail going into the water, no, nah, we're not surprised. Like we knew he wasn't dead. However, he is finally dead uh in the grenade blast that that does kill charlie or leads to charlie's death the the grenade doesn't kill charlie so um cool so uh recommendations for our listeners before we uh we head out uh anybody have anything they want to recommend to to listeners and then steve will give you a chance obviously to plug what you're working on with mark as well too um anything from anyone
1: well, I just finished uh, The Rural Diaries by uh, Hillary Burton. It was excellent. I highly recommend it. I read it faster than I've read any other book this year.
0: Okay. Uh, Steve, how about you? Um, I just to. The,
2: the biggest recommendation I want to give is uh, TV Podcast Industries. It's another podcast. Uh, they just covered the Umbrella Academy Season 2. The, I think they've released episode, up to episode 8 at this point, so I haven't been able to listen to all of them because mark and i are doing uh, a slower rewatch or a slower watch of it uh but yeah tv
0: podcast industries covering umbrella academy season two Cool. Um, I have uh, two movies that I want to recommend. One of them I did last time we did this recording. uh, And then since I've watched another one, very similar in aspect. uh, um, The first one is a Simon Pegg movie called Hector and the Search for Happiness, which I absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. And then another movie I've seen since then, too, in my challenge. I challenged myself to watch a new unwatched movie every night, uh, which I've been doing for almost 40 days at this point. Uh, another one I watched that I really, really enjoyed is one called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty with, uh, with Ben Stiller. It was actually written and directed by Ben Stiller as well. Oh, nice. And The movie is fantastic. It's, it's so good. I ended up really enjoying it more than I did. Love um, it. Yeah, so Hector in the Search for Happiness and The Secret, well, the secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, Steve, where can people find you other than just leaving feedback for other podcasts? <laughs> well, uh, on
2: the Mark and I are covering the Umbrella Academy season two. We just recorded uh, for episodes two and three last night on our podcast, which is called Panels to Pixels. You can find us on on YouTube on any of your podcast player of choice. We are part of the Next Level Online podcast network which Thanks is a plug. wonderful network yes <laughs> um and uh, of course i don't want to leave out podcastica they have a great network and uh they've got a lot of shows as well but the but this this network is uh next level i always say it wrong next level
0: podcast network close enough next
2: level podcast network is uh, has a number of shows but yeah mark and i on panels to pixels covering umbrella academy season two and I'm loving it. If you are not watching Umbrella Academy season two, I highly recommend it.
1: Highly recommend. Actually, yes, me too. I'm only through season uh, uh episode four, but man, it's great. Great, great, great. I need,
0: I need to watch. I, I need to go back and restart <laughs> season one. <clears throat> so uh, any idea what you guys are going to cover next once you're done with Umbrella Academy? Uh, the boys.
2: We're going to cover the boys season two, which drops on Amazon prime September 4th.
0: Okay. Cause I have a recommendation too. Yeah. Um I would love for you and Mark to cover Stargirl. Stargirl. At some point. Okay. Uh because this the season just ended. It's a 13-episode season, and I actually really, really enjoyed it. Okay. So uh cool. So with that being said, uh I think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Uh next episode, we're gonna jump right into season four uh with the uh premiere, which the title is eluding me at this point. Um, I, should, I should have had this ready to go. Um, but, you know, like a total unprofessional, I, I, I just don't. Um, I will have it in about 10 seconds. Uh, the beginning of the end.
1: Beginning of the end.
0: Which is a, uh, a flash forward on Hurley. Uh, and we get introduced to the first of the Oceanic Six. So uh, leave us your feedback for season four, episode one, or any of the episodes in season four as well. Uh, but with that being said, Steve, thank you for doing this again. <laughs> oh, it was my pleasure. I will come
2: back anytime. Just uh, let me know, season finales, season premieres, whenever you want, uh, I will be happy to come back.
1: Love having you friend, it's so good. Any excuse to talk to you is always wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Cool.
0: Uh, cool. With that being said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, just being a part of this uh, this group uh, for listening to these episodes as we go through. But until next time we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care.
1: Bye. <laughs>
0: Good night.